Welcome to One of One, a new show from Soika, the curated NFT photography marketplace. Each week, we bring you conversations with artists and personalities from the Web3 space. This is your host, Pam Voth. Today, I'm talking with Claudio, who is a master photographer, and we want to get to know Claudio and his work. Um, hi, and welcome. Thank you so much for talking with us today. Hello, Pam. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I've had a chance to look at your work, and I think it is some of the most stunning work I've seen and fine art portraits and, and really beautiful conceptual work. Um, I was wanting to know, what does photography mean to you? Well, um, I'm a studio photographer now but i i started as a i don't know photographer photographer you know like like all of us shooting flowers in the park <laughs> stuff like that uh, for me i think photography was i don't know a way to manage a stressful job i used to work in banking and my my blood pressure was really high and uh, the doctors recommended hey you should reduce stress and yeah, you know <laughs> you know those discussions and uh, <clears throat> i i started just to have i don't know something to to relax me but uh, that grew on me and um, in uh, I don't know two or three years, I, I left my day job and I, I um, started building I don't know let's let's call it a career in photography. Uh, the thing is that uh, I'm now forty five, and um, you know there's for for each of us there's uh, a time when uh, you should. I don't know, just do what you love to do. And uh, this is what I do. I, I do it every day. Every every morning I step into my studio. Uh, it's like, uh, it's like winning the lottery every day. Because I, hey, if you would win the lottery, what would you do? You do the things that make you happy. And um, that's what I do. I, I, I come to my studio every morning and I, I do things that, that give me joy. Um, and now I, I specialize in, in fine art portraiture and, uh, and fine art penciling mutes. Um, <clears throat> basically, I don't even know if I... Uh, I even like photography, uh, but I really do like painting, and uh, uh, I can paint. <laughs> so uh, uh, I kept trying to to, to bring that uh, aesthetic, especially the aesthetic of the old masters, the Baroque period, the Dutch Golden Age, uh, to the means of exp expression of, of digital photography. I, I try. Not to replicate that, but to translate that to this medium, to my medium. And uh, I try to create images that uh, are relevant to the audience of the 21st century. Create uh, an aesthetic that, that, that's based on, on what those guys did in classical painting, but... Uh, uh, I try to make it relevant to 
to our time, to the world we're living in. I see a lot of that in your work. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, what I, I was noticing themes of love and turmoil and spirituality and I was wondering where you got your inspiration for the, for that you know as a studio photographer I'm constantly inspired by the timeless beauty and I don't know technical mastery of classical painting and uh, by the way the the old masters were able to capture the human form uh, the way they, they, they manage to convey emotion, uh, create a sense of atmosphere and mood. And I, I strive to replicate that in my work. I seek to bring, as I was saying, to bring that aesthetic into the modern medium of photography and into its language. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> I'm particularly drawn by the way that classical painting is or was able to convey that sense of grandeur and drama, drama of chiaroscuro. And I try to replicate that in my own work through the use of dramatic lighting. And uh, I, I love working in a studio because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a control freak. <laughs> and uh, uh, here in the studio, the, the light, the atmosphere, the drama is just how I see it in my mind. Uh, you know, when you're working with natural light, the light, it's how God wants it to be. Here in the studio, I'm God. <laughs> and uh, the lighting and everything else, it's, it's how my mind's eye sees it. Uh, and at the same time, I, I, I always try to bring a sense of intimacy and emotion into my images. Uh, I don't know, maybe... Drawing on the traditions of classical portraiture uh, to create images that I, I hope them to be both timeless and deeply personal. Uh, you know, when, 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 especially when doing portraiture, uh, you can't create something of value without both the artist and the sitter, the, the model or the, the actor you're working with, are giving up on that world that we usually put between ourselves and the world. When both parties, the artist and the model, uh, give that up and they show themselves to the world like they really are, that's, I think that's when you, you manage to create something my, of value. And Ultimately, my goal is to create images that uh, draw on the traditions of, uh, of classical painting while also, also finding ways to make those traditions relevant and accessible to the contemporary audiences. And uh, I, know, I, 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 I guess I'm trying to combine the best of the past with the pos possibilities of the present. Uh, and to create something that's both timeless and modern and, I know, that speak uh, to the enduring beauty and humanity of human experience. I, know. <laughs> I was wondering if, I was wondering if that's where the bubble gum came in. 
uh, <laughs> tell me about the bubble gum. <laughs> bubble gum. You know, uh, uh, I always look at uh, other artists' work and try to, to, to find inspiration in that, especially painters. And uh, I don't know, about three years ago, I found the work of this contemporary uh, painter. Uh, he lives in Scotland. His name is Alan McDonald. And uh, his, uh, his work is like a, a mix of uh, uh, all these Rembrandtesque characters with all the uh, sobriety and uh, that... Uh, that uh, uh, old master's look. And uh, he adds these kitsch elements to the mix. You know, uh, there's like this lady with the big color, you know, like you see in Vermeer or, or Rembrandt's paintings. And uh, um, um, <clears throat> the background is Paris in flames and Spider-Man and Donald Duck and, uh, I don't know, uh, a, a, a trike and stuff like that. And uh, I, I, I looked at, uh, I, I, I reached out to him. Uh, I bought some of his albums and I kept looking and looking and looking. And uh, it always makes me smile. And uh, it... It liberates the, the inner child, you know? Uh, and uh, uh, I, once I, I, I saw his work, I said, hey, let's, let's, let, let me do the, the stuff the serious me would create. And uh, let's just give them bubble gum, for example. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's perfect. Um, so I, I love the compositions. Some of them have quite a few people in them all at one time. Do you, is that a composite work or are they all there in your studio together, sometimes posing it's, together? It's, sometimes it's not. Uh, mm -hmm. There are some pieces with, I don't know, six, seven people in them that are just one shot. But I have uh, some of them, for example, uh, uh, I don't know if you, if you know the piece, uh, it's called Tenteus and the Manets. It's based on a, a maybe the, uh, the most violent episode in Greek mythology. Um, uh, it's a pan panoramic shot. It's been collected by, by Mondoar. Uh, and... Uh, that's a composite because uh, uh, I have it here. There's like one, two, three, four, eight, thirteen people in it, and uh, I usually work on a on a seamless paper background, and that's uh, two meters seventy two, and I I couldn't fit thirteen people on that and uh, light it and create what I wanted to create. So I, I shot smaller groups and then I did the composite. But for example, for uh, my latest piece uh, that I created for the uh, uh, Royal House of Medici uh, inaugural uh, drop, uh, there's uh, it, that piece, uh, it's an allegory of war. I think there are like seven characters in it. It's inspired by... Uh, the work of um, Giorgio Vasari, Allegory of, Just of Justice. Uh, uh, and uh, that I, I, I thought uh, 
I, I, I will need to do it uh, like that composite, but no, I, I was able to, to pose it and, uh, and shoot it in, uh, in, 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 watch, in one shot. So uh, depends. I have some theatrical posters, for example, I created one for, uh, yeah, there's an, a Russian author, uh, Gogol, and he has this wonderful play called Gamblers, and I created a theatrical pop poster for, uh, for the National Theatre here. And uh, that also, it was all the cast, it was like 12, 11, 12 people, and that was also a composite. But it depends. Sometimes I can do it in one shot. Sometimes I can't. Yeah, yeah, I can <laughs> imagine. A long answer to a <laughs> to a short question. I'm sorry, but my name, my family name is Guraliuk, uh, and uh, if somebody would translate that to English, it's uh, mouthy. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like it's from the root word of like Gorelius or something, like lots of words, like saying a lot of things. So I think you come by it honestly. <laughs> I have a diploma that say Guralius. says Guralius oh. because they misspell my name. So. Oh, no. Oh, well, that, they should fix their mistake. Uh, I was just curious if, if you knew about the, the painters th that created these works that are inspiring to you. Do you think that they had people all together or they were probably painting composites as well, right? Or I can't imagine they had so many people. No, I think they did uh, for the, I don't know, those grand uh, uh, Mythical, mythical or biblical scenes that I don't know where uh, Michelangelo painted. Uh, yeah, I think that, that there were real life models, but uh, uh, it was basically a composite. Yeah, yeah. They 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 did all you know all those. Everybody's sitting on clouds and uh, uh, in heavens and stuff. It's it's kind of it's kind of hard to to pose them like that. <laughs> so yeah, they they were basically doing composites. Like uh, uh, there are voices that say that most of the uh, realism in uh, in baroque painting is done with uh, camera obscura with uh, so <laughs> with a some sort of a dark room. Yeah, yeah. So, so back it, in the day. It, it, so, it's so, <laughs> so back in the day when you were shooting just like flowers and trees and normal things. <laughs> do you ever do that on a regular basis, or is it like your camera is only in your hands when you're creating the work that in your studio? Do you ever just do phone pictures or <laughs> um, casual things? Um. In my first years, yeah, I, I used to take my camera everywhere. Uh, I don't know, vacations. My wife would, I don't know, carry that uh, heavy tripod all around Asia with me, stuff like that. But uh, now, no, I, I don't take my gear with me. I usually, I, I take a, my phone and I do, you know, the regular photos that... Uh, the dad uh, does to his daughter and you know and his family, and sometimes I take a, a, a film camera with one roll, and uh, uh, I have to manage all the vacation of I don't know ten days, two weeks with one roll of film, <laughs> just because 
I don't want to be tempted to go like. <laughs> I, I really feel that we we need to step back and uh, and and just look and create the memories in our hands, not necessarily just all the time. That sounds like uh, another one of those themes of control. Like this is now self-control, right? <laughs> I, I, I try, I try, I try. Um, uh, but no, I, I right now I, I after working, <clears throat> you know, I'm a I'm a control freak and I'm a I'm a perfectionist. Uh, if I don't see an image in my mind, I don't do it. Uh, I only do it if I can see all the small details and I really know beforehand how it's going to look in the smallest this detail possible. And uh, uh, I don't know, in studio, in my studio, I can do that. Uh, when I can, <laughs> uh, I, I, I tend not to shoot. If, uh, if, I, if I don't know beforehand that I can create uh, an image that's up to my standards, I, I usually try not to do it. <laughs> Sounds like you might have a story about that. Do you have a story? Um, anything interesting that happens? Like you, you were saying earlier how the, the models and the people in your photos, they bring themselves to this, this place of creation together with you do you have any stories where both of you were surprised about what came out of that um even though you went into it with a very clear picture this is what you want to create um do you have was there a variation that surprised you that was also acceptable <laughs> to follow through with uh, of course there are, there are times when we start i don't know uh executing the plan and uh, while doing it, you see that uh, there are some things that, I don't know, look better or uh, would produce a better result if changed. But, uh, uh, and you adapt, of course. Uh, but usually I'm kind of a dictator. <laughs> it's, it's my way or the highway. <laughs> so <laughs> I, 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 I sometimes I make my models cry, so I, I'm not proud of it, but what can I say? It is what it is. There you go. Well, the work that results from these sessions is absolutely beautiful. Um, I wanted to ask you, I know that uh, you are now is an NFT artist and you're, you're minting your photography as NFTs. And I was just curious if you had some... You know, if you could tell us about what ha has meant for your work to now have it available as NFTs, just even uh, any any sort of note observations that you've made about either the way you work or that sort of thing. To be honest, I, I, I don't think there is such a thing as an NFT artist. You're an artist or you're not. NFT is just uh, NFTs, and the, the NFT space is just uh, another venue. Before NFTs, I used to sell my work through uh, traditional galleries that used to sell, uh, and they still do uh, sell limited edition prints of my work. Uh, I, I, I stepped into the NFT, the NFT space uh, last year uh, in. 
September, I think. Uh, and uh, it was like this. Uh, some guys came to my studio uh, and told me, hey, we have this proposition for you. Uh, and they started talking and talking, and I, I, I knew a little bit about the subject, but when I say a little bit, a very little bit. And um, uh, I look at them and I said, hey, guys, you want to sell NFTs, don't you? And they said, oh, yeah, yeah you, you, you know something about the subject? I said, no, I don't. And uh, uh, they started I don't know, explaining stuff and I said, okay, I, I really didn't think much of the subject uh, because I'm old and stupid, basically. Um, and uh, I said, hey, you know what? How many images do you want? I don't know. And they said, what can you give us? And I said, uh, here, take this archive and do what you will and we'll see. And uh, they, they launched like this collection, by, but it was like a launch pad. It was, uh, the name was the Art Bandits uh, featuring JC, which was me. And uh, it was kind of under the, their own brand. And they used to take a cut out of the sales. And uh, uh, after they launched, uh, it was sold out in about, I don't know, two weeks, something like that. And uh, when I saw that and I saw that it's really something that could work, I, I said, hey, 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 we might, might have something here. Uh, but they did it all. I, I did nothing. I, I just gave them the, the images. After that, uh, I, I, I started researching and uh, I, I started discovering what the revolutionary thing this space is. Because uh, if you don't, don't know nothing about it, it's easy to dismiss it. But if you start learning and seeing for what it is, you see that this space gives unprecedented access to communities, to resources, makes it so easy for an artist, no matter when, where he is, and sometimes no matter the budget to showcase his or hers work to a global audience in a, in a way that it wasn't possible before. And uh, I really think that it's, it's, a, it's revolutionary for creators and, and for, for art and for artists and for, uh, uh, and for collectors. And uh, I, starting being, I started being serious about, about uh, uh, being present in this space, I don't know, the, the big, beginning of this year. And uh, I met so so many people that I I I, I really resonate with and I really like. And uh, apart, of course, it's 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 great that you can uh, easily monetize your work, and uh, it's uh, an alt alternative way of I don't know sustaining your 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 work and uh, uh, financing your projects but 
Uh, also, it's uh, it's a really awesome way of meeting these these awesome people, both artists and collectors that you wouldn't have otherwise and uh, uh, they wouldn't have had access access to you and you to them and uh, uh, that way of bringing people together people that have things so many things in common people that you can really connect with it's 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 great i would agree i i think that those are the greatest benefits uh to to the human beings who are who are participating in the space, and I've heard that so many times, uh, just those personal connections that are made, and just the the exchange of ideas and the exchange of you know all those all those good things. Um, well, that's that's really perfect. I I, I loved hearing that that um, that story and and how that journey happened. <laughs> Some guys came into the studio. Um, so, what do you have any plans moving forward for your your creative output? Um, do you have like do you work on a daily basis with you've got new work that you're trying to get out, and do you have uh, uh, goals and plans in those uh, <laughs> in yeah. that realm? Um, you know, for me, it's like this: um, the the, this type of work, uh, it's uh, time-consuming and resources-consuming. Uh, the planning of a shoot can take, I know, from several days to several weeks. Also, uh, each piece needs, I know, a team, and usually it's professional actors bef- because I, I can easily I can work with these guys more 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 easily and uh, um, it needs makeup artists and uh, hairstylists and assistants and sometimes wardrobe designers and uh, it can be a challenge just to synchronize everybody's schedule and sometimes creating just one piece can get really expensive uh, also, the post-production is kind of lengthy. Uh, I have pieces that took, I don't know, over 90 hours of post-production. That, for me, translates in the fact that I cannot produce a high volume of work. Uh, so I can maybe create about I know, 30 pieces every year. Uh, for me, basically, the plan is just to be able to create the work I love. Uh, and I don't know. I guess it will be the market and the collectors that will ultimately decide if my work is worthy of attention and support. For me, I'm, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I'll just keep trying to, I don't know, to I'll keep trying every day to become just a little bit better than I was the day before. Uh, basically, that's the plan. Just as long as I can come here in my studio every day and uh, and do my stuff, I'm happy. Well, thank you so much, Claudio, for joining us. And uh, I love talking with you. It's a pleasure to meet you. And I'm looking forward to seeing the new work that you create. <laughs> <laughs> sure.
It's perfect. Um, thank you so much. Thank you.